Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. He was probably like the first angel or, I mean, my my three of my angels out of the four that are currently assigned to me. But Mikhail is my guardian angel, so he's always with me. But there is Hopi, Healing, and Jasper, who is a fire angel, that will also accompany me. Excuse me in more ministry type of work. But Mikhail was the first kind of angel where I had perceived his presence in one of our fire prayer sessions. Uh, and so he is hes a, a very beautiful angel. Uh, his armor is beautiful gold. When I first met him, he had a, only a single sword, a golden sword with a red ruby on it. But later on, cool. as I would actually ask the Lord to upgrade their armor, upgrade their weapons, give them new technology, new weaponry for their service to the kingdom of God, then he uh, had eventually additional swords and other different types of weapons. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's very interesting. <laughs> Time is ticking away. Welcome to the Strange O'Clock podcast with Michael and Jerry. Join us on an extraordinary journey into supernatural news from a Christian perspective. Delve into intriguing, sometimes conspiratorial topics that will captivate your imagination. Whether you're a Christian fringe believer or a truth seeker in paranormal phenomena, this podcast is tailor-made for you. Unravel mysteries, share stories, and gain biblical insights into the supernatural. Expand your spiritual horizons and tune in now to the Strange O'Clock podcast for an extraordinary adventure. So I would get uh, people asking me questions probably for about 15 or so years. People would say, hey, why don't you write a book? Do you have a book? And I'm like, oh, no, I'll never write a book. Because I, like in when I was growing up, I was not academic at all. Uh, and I was kind I'm surprised. of surprised. You know, yeah, I was very, you know, I, I was like uh, 50s and 60s. That was like basically my entire elementary school, high school. And then I never pursued anything after high school. Uh, and so. Um, really over the I years. I would never though, guess that. You're very intelligent. <laughs> yeah. Over the never years, it's like, I kind of just had to right. learn in different areas because of work. Uh, and then, you know, as I began to kind of, when I got into the whole deliverance ministry, um, the first deliverance I had was actually in a sauna. And so I, I talk about it in my book, which I call it the, wow. uh, what was it? The demon sauna showdown. And so my first, wow. um, it was actually me and my friend, I would get together with different friends. We'd pray. We'd have these uh, meetings called fire pit prayer sessions. And so we would gather at my house. We would have corporate visions. We'd worship the Lord. And the Lord began awesome. to, of course, open up You know, all of these visions. Angels would be present. And that's when I first uh, detected in the spirit 
two um, angels that were around. And then eventually through the Holy Spirit revealed, these are your ministry and your guardian angels. And then um, what happened was uh, I was in the sauna with my friend. We'd work out. We'd go like 5 a.m. We'd go to the gym. We'd work out after the, our, our weight training. We'd go in the sauna. Mm-hmm. And so that day I noticed that my friend was cursing and that was very kind of strange. So mm-hmm. I began to pray for him and just pray for the peace of the Lord to kind of rest on him. And as we d- I did that, he started to manifest. He started shaking his head violently back and forth. And I was like, what's going on? And then the Holy Spirit's like, he's demonized. You need to deliver him. Now, what happened was um, during those years, during just before, I would actually get books. My friend, I had a friend who would send me books from Amazon because he didn't have time to read. So he would send it to me and I would read them. And then I would give, I would read one book a week. And remember, I was not a reader before, but they were, they were all really good books about spiritual things, warfare, about spiritual dynamics, all these kind of things, healing, you know, uh, transportation, teleportation. And so as I, that cool. week, I literally was just about finished. I was on the last chapter of a book, which was called the, the Handbook of Spiritual Warfare. I can't remember the author. So I was on the last chapter. And so I had already read most of this. And so now I was confronted with my friend who started to manifest. And so then, of course, mm-hmm. I began to uh, interrogate the demons, what I call the interrogation phase. And so I started to question them. How long have you been here? What's your name? What's your function? Uh, what's the doorway that you entered? And so they would, some demons would say, I entered this way through drugs, through blah, blah, blah. Or some of them would wow. say, I, I'm generational. I'm on the mother's side. I'm on the father's side. I go back, you okay. know, 50 generations. And mm-hmm. so um, after about two hours, miraculously, nobody came into the sauna that day. Normally, we'd probably have 15, 20 different people that Amazing. would come in and out. And so that day, no one came in. And so um, I basically, maybe it was the yelling (laughs) because again, I was new. So I was, you know, in Jesus name (laughs) and all this kind of stuff. But basically at the end of that, there was 1,600 and like 30 something demons that were cast out. And so that was my first deliverance. I got thrust into the deliverance world and then friends, yeah, church family would come come to me for prayer. And then slowly I began to realize every single one of them were believers, were born again, believers walking with the Lord. Some of them praying in tongues, you know, displaying exactly what you would typically think. Oh, this is just a normal believer, a faithful believer, Mm -hmm. 30 years, 20 years. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so eventually the Lord would kind of lead me to the answers of how can a Christian be demonized? Um, yeah. Yeah. And so the way I kind of explain it is like this. The Bible sometimes doesn't directly say something, but when you study it, the deeper revelation Mm -hmm. will reveal something when you look at the grand scheme of it. So one of the things that we look at is the temple or the tabernacle. You have typically in Solomon's temple, you have the outer court, the inner court, right? And then you have the holy of holies, the most holy place. Sometimes it's called different translations and stuff, right? But essentially that represents were temples, right? Body, soul, and spirit. Remember your body, flesh, right? Which is typically where demons reside, but then also 
The next is the outer or is technically the inner court, which is your soul. That's your mind, your will, and emotions. And demons mm. mess with those, that area of your life. And so the soul and the and, and the flesh is typically where demons yeah. reside. Now the inner court, the sorry, the most right. the whole the, the the most holiest place is the spirit. And so when we mm -hmm. ask Jesus, right, to come into our lives, excuse me. The Holy Spirit will then resides inside of our spirit, but a specific place, because when you study the temple, what was in the, in, in the temple, in the most holy place, there was the Ark of the Covenant. But what is in the Ark of the Covenant? There's three different things. Typically, there's a golden bowl mm -hmm. that contains manna that represents the bread of life. That's Jesus. Then you also have the uh, tablets of stone. Remember, Jesus writes now the law on our hearts right? Of flesh, our hearts of flesh. And then the third thing is Aaron's budded rod, right? And that represents a couple things, authority, right? And of, of course, also um, your, your, your mandate of your life of what God has maybe put in your life for ministry and the, the area that he's yes. kind of called you toward. And so that part is where the Holy Spirit resides, but most people, when they become born again, just like when I first became born again 20 years ago, I thought once you kind of get born again, that's kind of it. But actually, that's the beginning. Then you have to walk out your sanctification process. And so the Holy Spirit, just like here's another kind of uh, thing that I look at. The Lord had shown me this, this vision one time at night, and it was territory. And I call it kind of like uh, you could say, think of like the promised land, right? The, okay. the Israelites. They're delivered, right, from bondage, from sin, from slavery, from death. And then they kind of go through the, the Red Sea, right? There's a baptism. And then at that point, they have to take the promised land. But the promised land is occupied by the giants, the Nephilim in Genesis 6-4, right? And so now they have to basically by force take it. They don't just all of a sudden, it's all given to them. They still actually have to conquer that land. And so Christians have to sanctify wow. and conquer the areas in their life that is occupied wow. by the kingdom of darkness. And so that journey wow. is of sanctification, purification so is kind of when we, after you get born again. But most people don't do that. They just kind of say, hey, we're just going to go to church on Sunday and that's it. Sit in the pews, right? And yes. so mm -hmm. that cleansing has to extend to every area of your life. And that's why certain believers are tormented in one area that they haven't conquered. It could be alcohol mm. and it could be a mix of two things that I say. Yes, the demonization can be a kind of a push. Attention podcast enthusiasts and believers in independent media. Donate to our Strange O'Clock podcast with Michael and Jerry to support our growth and independence. Your contribution ensures ad-free content and covers expenses like web hosting, design, editing, and upgraded equipment. By supporting us, you foster quality Christian content that challenges secular, owned media and draws people to Jesus as evidenced by the messages and reviews we've received with gratitude. Our unique perspective embraces a supernatural worldview, offering fresh insights. Your generosity means the world to us. Together, let's make a difference in the media landscape. Join us on this extraordinary journey. Go to strangeoclock.com. Pushing that to the forefront where they're drawn to that. Maybe it's pornography or some sort of lust. They're being pushed toward that, right? Mm -hmm. Also, a lot of times what we find is um, there's wounds, what I call soul wounds or soul fractures, alters, parts of our soul dimension that have been broken. And scripture talks about how we can be bruised, crushed, fractured. 
and the soul realm is that part of us when we encounter trauma or heartbreak to such a degree, or let's say it could be sexual abuse or abandonment. That could be so traumatic that our mind disassociates from the event. And then a part of us is trapped at the age that the event happens, such as, for example, at maybe six years old, you might have been beaten by your, your dad or your mom or something right. traumatic happened to you. A lot of the, the clients that I've, I've helped, they've maybe had sexual abuse. And so then what happens is at that six years old, when that trauma happened, that little part of them, of their soul breaks and it holds the trauma and it's trapped at that age, six years old. And maybe the emotion is wow. abandonment. Wow. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's rejection. And guess what? They continue to live their life. They're now grown up, but they continue to battle with rejection or maybe some sort of sadness. And they don't know why. They're always triggered. And then eventually, it's only until their sanctification and inner healing process is completed through Jesus Christ because Jesus is the one who can heal that, that wound. Right. And then once he heals it, he merges it back to our core personality of who we are. And so people who are extremely fractured, such as you'll find, they'll have literally sometimes hundreds or even thousands in like SRA survivors, right? Satanic ritual abuse survivors. Mm -hmm. There'll be thousands, even millions of parts that have been exploited by the kingdom of darkness and then are also then in the spirit, they're trafficked, what I call cosmic trafficking, cosmic soul trade. Yeah. And so those parts uh -huh. are then trafficked and they're used and they're appointed in different regions being spirit spouses or tied as queen or rulers with other fallen entities, fallen angels or cosmic level beings that are not quite fallen angels. They're like living creatures in a sense. And so what happens is those wow. are very deep levels, of course, but you, you do kind of run into it. And so that's kind of how I got started into the deliverance side of, you know, and seeing a lot of the dark stuff. Right. So. That's awesome. That's, that was a lot. That was really it good. Was. I think we're Lots all going to be wisdom. following again. Uh, where can people listen to your, just the main, the main outflow of, of what you're sharing besides the book that was just published. Uh, so I do have a YouTube channel. Um, way back actually i started a series called the fallen angels and nephilim and it was originally a trilogy mm -hmm. this is about like over 15 years ago i created that video series and at the time there was like millions of views and this is before nobody was talking about the nephilim and when i when i came to christ i came through more of a logical way long story short um i got married really young me and my wife are about 18 19 and we had our first son. We wanted to have our kids really early before we were 30. And so what happened is we were extremely immature and we were extremely wounded, especially me. And so when we married, it just compounded things. And so anyways, basically one night I almost killed her with a knife. Um, and eventually I was arrested. And so we were separated. During that time is when I actually began to search for God. And through... Uh, academic search of ancient history about apologetics, uh, science, evolution versus creation, um, okay. cosmology, all these different things. Eventually, it led me down a path to studying and finding God or at least understanding that, hey, the Christian faith is reasonable and logical. 
Um, and so I kind of came to a point where at that point I was actually cutting myself. I had a spirit of suicide. So I would cut myself all over my arms hundreds of times. I would use an exacto uh, to numb the pain oh of gosh. life because my marriage had fallen apart. Um, and at that point I only had visitation with my son on like Saturdays and I was just mm -hmm. working a dead end job. So my life sucked. I had nothing left. And so I would cut myself. But anyways, what ended up happening is one night after I had read the Bible, I had finished cutting myself and crying. I felt oh, kind of the call of Holy Spirit that was kind of convicting me. And so I got on my knees in my bedroom and I basically kind of said like a salvation prayer in my own words of asking Jesus to come to my life. And I said, I don't know if you truly exist, but I believe you do. And if you do, I will serve you for the rest of my life. Would you forgive me for my sins, all the evil that I've done? When I had said those words, I tangibly felt liquid love. It was like a, a tidal wave of love that actually came from behind and wrapped itself and soaked into every fiber of my being at that moment. Like, Amazing. So I felt that come, that liquid love, tangible love, tsunami of, of living water, and just um, a lot of the rejection, a lot of the hurt and pain. And of course, there was a spirit of jealousy and rage and murder that actually I felt leave. And I mm -hmm. did not have to awesome. battle with that anymore until later on, I had like an actual deliverance. So I was delivered of some demons, but there was still areas that needed to be sanctified and a lot of wounding. I was a very broken person as a child. And so what ended up happening was after um, I felt the tangible presence of God, everything changed at that point. And so I, of course, took a lot of the um, responsibility for the evil that I had done in my marriage and trying to kill her, beat her and, and all the, the, the horrible things that I used to do. Uh, and so uh, from there, that's kind of how I got born again. But um, I always kind of began to really want to study things. And so that's when I created that um, that video series of the um, the, the YouTube video series. And originally that mm -hmm. account, um, it was the Archangel CLK. That was my name back in the day. So that YouTube was uh, kind of all of these videos came out of that. Eventually from the trilogy, it turned into a septilogy. So there was like seven videos. And then I had a bunch of other side videos that talked about a lot of stuff, you know. Uh, so to answer your question, <laughs> I do have a new YouTube channel. Um, which is kind of weird. It's called the luxurious life. It's kind of like my last name, L I U luxurious, Leo luxurious. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Brown's but Leo, essentially right? what happened is, um, it was eventually at that time, I was actually creating it for more like, I don't know, travel type of kind of stuff. That's what my plan was. Uh, that never kind of worked out, but then the Lord was like, I want you to create uh, recreate the video series on the fallen angels and Nephilim. And so this was a couple of years back. And so I just said, okay, God, I'll, I'll recreate it. And so it's kind of done with a lot of the, the script that I would in my study notes of the Nephilim and ancient history. And then basically I would use, you know, like cool video clips, like from video games, Warcraft, you know, these kind of things and now to kind of put it together. Cool. And so that's kind of how the video series kind of was remade. Uh, but yeah, so they can find my stuff on that channel and I do some of my well, teachings on there too, but usually on Facebook and, and zoom is where I'll do Facebook lives and then we'll do mass deliverance or I'll do more ministry work now, not as much deliverance. Yeah. That's can I good. ask a, a personal question since you opened yeah. up your heart and, and exposed, you know, like deep trauma, tra traumatic yeah. things that have occurred, um, 
And then when we listen to your videos, which I'm, I'll be honest, I'm new to your work, but I'm going to be following you very closely because it's like mirroring things that I'm getting to see too. And a lot of my, the gurus that I follow see, can people that have been through trauma or who have been through sin to that level or all this just yucky stuff, can they also experience heaven as you claim to also be experiencing yeah. can is yeah, that absolutely. something that is that one of the reasons that you're sharing that intimately about your life mm -hmm. yeah so i mean there is uh it's sometimes it's intermingled the healing process the sanctification and then of course some of the amazing encounters in the heavenly realms so there is one particular place that i call the secret place or the secret garden and it is um exactly that it's like a beautiful garden wow. trees the colors Kind of like this, but even the, the colors are just everything in the spirit is different. And so a lot of the times over my journey of healing is the Lord, uh, me and the Lord Jesus would spend time with me in the secret garden. Wow. And a lot of times people will see that there's like a bench. It could be a gold bench, a wooden bench or a stone bench, or maybe even a swing. And there's countless mm. people who have in, encountered Jesus there. And this is actually okay. what I call an internal realm. There's internal realms typically are, for example, your soul and your spirit is a realm and a dimension in itself. And hmm. we're talking about the territory, right? Your soul is a territory that needs to be conquered by Christ. Right. Or in some cases, there's lingering areas where the kingdom of darkness is maybe, maybe operating. And so Amen. the Holy Spirit wants to move and work and cleanse and refine us in every area right? Body, soul, spirit, mind, heart, everything. And so Amen. when Jesus will take me there sometimes in the past, there were areas of my life that didn't recognize that, Hey, this is holding me back. This is an area where I have a wound. Maybe it was, um, anger from whatever event that happened or some sort of disappointment. And so the Lord would actually spend time with me there. He would sometimes he would bring me back to that memory. I would be able to see it in a vision, but while being in the secret place, secret, the secret garden with Jesus. And so I'd see when maybe, for example, um, I was falsely accused by maybe the um, principal when I was younger because I was a troublemaker. I would always get into fights. I would always be causing trouble. I'd beat up older kids. I'd beat up multiple kids at a time. And it was just this brokenness inside of me. And so I, would, I got in trouble for some reason. I got accused by the principal that basically you're doing this and i was falsely accused and this was one of those rare scenarios where hey i actually didn't do this and so that actually had created a, a trauma in me and so the lord would just bring me to back to some of these uh these events and then he would heal that and that emotion or whatever mm -hmm. it, it was maybe it was abandonment rejection anger fear sadness he would take that Sometimes I, you, I could physically see him pull out a dark tar out of my heart. And wow. then he would just take that away. And I would feel that weight lift, even though that those emotions didn't really affect me on in my daily life too much. But every once in a while, yeah. I might get triggered. Something maybe my wife said or someone did to me at work. And then I would get triggered with whatever it is, whatever emotion. And so those triggers, right, is... You have to recognize what's that trigger. Why do I feel rejected? Why do I feel sad? Why do I feel abandoned? And then from there is just literally asking Holy Spirit, would you bring me to the back to the root of that cause? And would you heal that? And so what happens is in my book, I actually have a section where 
I describe about seven or eight steps, how you can have do self healing, inner healing, and some of the healing that I've done, it's been by myself. Some of the other healing I've done with um, my ministry partner, where he uh, did deliverance and inner healing on me. But the, the the point is, is that we can have Jesus, just you and God, and Jesus wants to heal that, or sometimes even the Father. Mm-hmm. But typically, it will happen uh, in a visionary state where you can actually see the event. So if it's sexual mm-hmm. abuse, sometimes uh, when I take uh, clients or patients back to the abuse, right, they will see and they'll encounter everything that happened. But sometimes it's from a third person view. And then we'll just say, hey, what's that emotion that you hold? It's fear. Okay. Yeah. You were 12 years old when this happened to you by your uncle. And then we just say, okay, do you, do you want peace and freedom? That part will actually speak out. It's like a 12 year old. It'll speak out of them. And then we just wow. say, do you want peace and freedom from all the pain and suffering? And then that part just says, yeah, I want, I want peace. And then I just have to get that part to yield and exchange that emotion, the fear okay. with Jesus. So I'll, I'll position it like this. Okay. Just repeat after me. Just, mm-hmm. just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I make you my Lord and savior. And I give you all of the fear coming. Yes. Me. And it's just that part needs to yield because that emotion has become an idol in their life. And so okay. once they do that, then Jesus will actually come in the spirit He'll come and he'll minister to that part. He'll take them out of that situation. He'll establish them into what I call heavenly realms, like the secret garden, like the secret place. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then he will heal them. And then a lot of times he will clothe them actually in white garments of righteousness. And so sometimes I'll just say, God. Jesus, would you just clothe them in garments of righteousness? Heal every wound, bind up all of the, the wounds restore them to whole wholeness. And then Jesus does his stuff and he will know exactly what to do. Sometimes he will bring them to another significant place or maybe where other trauma might've happened. And in that place, Mm -hmm. he will change that place of torment and he'll change it into like a heavenly kind of a a, a scene. Uh, And so it's, it's crazy. You know, sometimes with SRA patients, um, he'll do crazy things. There was one uh, client that I had where Jesus came in on rollerblades and this sounds crazy. So this particular part, we're talking about soul trade, right? And this part of her that was ritualized um, in whatever type of satanic ritual, this part was actually taken Mm -hmm. and was brought what I would say to an external realm in the, in a, in the cosmic spiritual area that looked like a planet. Okay. In this case, it was Saturn. Cool. So this part Whoa. became mm-hmm. a, a queen with another entity, a fallen angel or cosmic level entity, and was then basically okay. programmed as a queen to rule and to traffic. It was She was actually being used as a trafficking portal in the spirit wow. to traffic mm. soul parts. Now, okay. when I say soul parts, it could be just soul wounds of other people, of people right. that she doesn't even know. The right. kingdom of darkness mm-hmm. will actually take the, these parts and traffic them or hold them captive in regions of captivity that is like shoal or the pit. And it will basically be sometimes it'll look like prisons. But in this case, they're actually being trafficked and traded. And these parts can actually mm-hmm. be used by these fallen entities as actual what I call soul armor. And so mm-hmm. – 
because there's a level of humanity that these fallen entities wear as armor, the kingdom of darkness is basically impenetrable because the warring angels, the angelic host that God sends can't hurt that level of humanity. And so in some of these scenarios, oh, wow. we actually have to ask the Lord to disrupt this armor. We're coming into agreement with God's kingdom. And so we'll okay. ask the Lord to disrupt the soul armor. And then from there, once we dismantle a lot of the programming or the queen ruler, in this case, it was my client. Then at that point in time, we can then have the angelic host then take away all these parts to wherever Jesus wants them to go. Now, oh in this gosh. particular this case, this is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in this particular uh, scenario, this part of her at a young age was a queen ruler. She was adorned in golden, uh, I guess, metallic kind of uh, like an Egyptian goddess. That's kind of what she looked like with all sorts of different wow. hanging kind of things. Interesting. And okay. so I could see in the spirit, um, both the client and myself could see it. This is very common in deliverance. And she was mm -hmm. sitting above many, many different steps of gold, actually, mm -hmm. on this planet okay. in the spiritual realm. Again, this is happening in the spiritual realm. And then Jesus just comes in on rollerblades and basically begins to speak to that part of her and disarm that part. And in another scenario, Jesus came in. Uh, with scuba gear on and it was a part of the uh the, the 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 client that was actually tethered to poseidon in the in the, really? in the water kingdom the marine kingdom and excuse me and so jesus comes in with snorkel gear and the funny thing is is that that part of that person uh for whatever reason was very uh kind of it, it brought like laughter to them like a joy and so it immediately disarmed the soul part that was programmed. And then from there, Jesus will sometimes just sit with them or begin to minister to that part. And again, part of it is like we are facilitating this. We're, we're kind of coming into the agreement with the Holy Spirit. And so we're kind of leading. And so we will be talking to that soul part and, and saying, you've, of course, been used by the kingdom of darkness or you know there's certain strategy that you have to use when you're talking to some of these what i call protector parts these are parts that are guarded uh and they are meant to protect the other broken parts of the person the wounded parts of them and so sometimes it can be difficult to get these parts to bring down their wall and, and so in this case we're kind of working with that part and we're talking to that part and in this case once that door's open, Jesus just comes. He does what he needs to do. He disarms them. He heals them, and he removes them out of the kingdom of darkness. There's different covenants that sometimes need to be repented, renounced, and broken. Uh, sometimes spirit children as well, uh, right? In the case of a spirit spouse, right? There could be spirit children that prevent the it being that those demons or those fallen entities from being severed and cast out or untethered from their soul or even the spirit in these high level cases, there's a level of the spirit that can be taken captive. But once that part yields, then from there, Jesus can do his work and we sever that connection. And then we restore that part to fullness. And then Jesus will merge that back to the core. And the core is the, right. the, the core of the person's um, being of who they are. Right. Re Jeff. Reintegrated. And yeah, mm -hmm. go that's ahead, awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, Jeff. 
So what you're saying uh, reminds me a lot of uh, Dan Duvall and Micah Turnbow, and you're, you're right along with them, mm -hmm. I feel, and I perceive that, that you have a, a similar godly wisdom and such. What right. would you say to the regular Christian out there who, who doesn't operate in the spiritual realm and is scoffing and skeptical and, and what have you. How do you deal with those people that don't believe that Christians can have a level of demonization due to uh, generational bloodline yeah. sins that haven't been repented of or personal sins that have not been repented of? What would you say to a skeptical Christian that's probably like 90% of them out there? What would you say yeah. to those people? Is First of all, I was one of those. I didn't believe a Christian could be demonized. And modern terms, we say people say demon possessed, and they kind of have a skewed reality of it because of Hollywood. Of the, they see a person being completely controlled. Your average Christian that is demonized right. is not like uh, it's what we call executive control. The person um, still has control over their body or their functions, but there could be scenarios where they're triggered. And then the demons take over and then they don't remember something. They have a loss for time or maybe it's wow. continually battling lust and pornography. I can tell you, I, I struggle with that. And probably 95% of the clients that I've had that I've done deliverance on, they've also struggled with pornography. It's, it's, you know, almost yes. everyone, but it's, it's to the degree where the person is so shameful of the, of what they're doing. And then they're like, I'm never going to do this again. And then the, the next day they do the same thing again and again and again. And this is for, you know, 10 years, 20 years. And they, they legitimately are like, I'll never get free from this. That's when you know it's demonic. Wow. And so there are certain areas in a person's life where yes. there are symptoms. These are symptoms. Look at the symptoms. Maybe you feel always rejected or not good enough, or my husband's going to cheat on me. My husband's going to leave me, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not pretty enough. I'm ugly. You know, no one's really going to love me if he leaves me. Those typically, yes, while they can be flesh sometimes, but if they're overburdening, then that's a good indication that it could be demonic in nature in the background. And so really what I say is look at the symptoms and whether a person is a truly a believer or not, right? Uh, because again, a lot of the times as we believe, or as I used to believe and these skeptics think is that, right. oh, that means that they're just not really born again. They're really not saved. That's why they're demonized. Mm -hmm. But literally, is it better to just be like, hey, potentially a Christian could be demonized, but regardless, we're going to help them. Whereas in these right. people typically who are objecting, they don't have the means to help them at all. And so people are suffering. They're saying, yes, oh, just I go agree. read your Bible more. Maybe you need to pray more, yeah. whereas in, we are actually setting people free, right? And so that's kind of what I would say to them is that, hey, despite that, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to help them? Are you going to lead them to Christ and really help them yes. get deliverance, right? And the problem is the people who have that opinion, usually they don't have any experience, right, uh, in this realm. And so as a result, mm -hmm. they're, it's a, an opinion really that they have. Um, so, and we're not at the mercy of an opinion when you have experience, right? So. Okay. Another question. So how does basically like this sort of many, many people, including myself would call like a mystical connection to God and getting visions connect to deliverance. Yeah. Connected to basically spiritual warfare down here. Like how do you connect those two worlds? So I think when God, when the Holy spirit opens 
the eyes of understanding of your heart, that is when typically you begin to perceive things in the spirit uh, on a deeper level. Um, so for me, part of that change, again, it actually started when I um, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So one day I'm driving in the States and I had sought this for about you know 15 years uh, to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I knew it was out there, but you know, I would watch Sid Roth, it's supernatural. They would, all these guests would talk about it and I'd be like, okay, Holy spirit. Like I want it, <laughs> like, give it to me. And nothing would happen. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like, yeah. I, I, the first Christian church that I went to was a Pentecostal church, very well balanced. Um, but you know, I encountered people that would pray in tongues. There's this one guy, Pat, and I was like, wow, like he prays in tongues and I want that. So I sought it for 15 years and nothing. Then one day I'm driving in the States. My wife was going to do a public speaking event and I was just worshiping in the, in the car as I drove on the highway. And then I saw seven Eagles within a short period of time. And as I was, you know, seeing this, I'm like, wow, praise God. And I'm worshiping and I'm singing. And then all of a sudden I start cool. praying in an unknown, unknown language. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as I began to do that, I recognized, wow, like Wonderful. I received the gift of tongues for the first time. And so for three days, after that, I was in our Airbnb and I was just working on the go uh, in the in the room and I was just praying in tongues. And from there, when I got back, I continued. And then me and friends, we'd get together. And after dinner, we just basically pray for hours, four hours, five hours, eight hours until sometimes 4 a.m. And that's how it started. I would begin to see pictures with my eyes closed. And in the beginning, wow. I had to keep my eyes closed because I needed to focus, right? I was easily distracted and, and, and so forth. But as I would, we would worship God, we would praise him. And then we would intercede on behalf of our country, the city, pastors, marriages, children, everything as the Holy Spirit would lead. And then that's when the Holy Spirit would begin to Amazing. show us glimpses of things, or at least for me, because this is the first time that I would experience it. Whereas in some of my friends, they had seen visions. They had seen the supernatural in, in this way. And so I would see pictures, then words. And then eventually it would be a cinematic experience where the Holy Spirit would show us things. And then I'd be, we'd be like, what is this? Why are you showing us this? And sometimes it would be because he wanted us to pray against it or for mm. it or whatever it was. And then other times um, he would bring us into, again, we didn't know this was the secret place, but it was just like beautiful fields. We called it the field of freedom because um, eventually when I was doing deliverance, I would see this place that looked like a beautiful field with flowers, sometimes with grass, sometimes with grain and trees, but it was just beautiful. And this was usually wow. where Jesus would take the soul parts. He would heal them, but he mm -hmm. would bring them to this place. Right. So he'd bring them out of shoal or the pit or these prison cells in the regions yeah. of, of captivity. And then he would bring them to this weird place where it just looks beautiful. It looks like a painting sometimes. There's a beach, beautiful um, colored skies. And so we would wow. see this. And so um, as that progressed, then it became like different heavenly encounters where it wasn't just the secret place or the field of freedom. He would bring me and friends to diverse realms where there was um, what I could describe as spinning scrolls. They were like beautiful crystallized rock that were thousands of feet tall, but it was a library. It was a, a crystal library that basically contained all of these different scrolls and it was spinning. Three of them massive were spinning and angels were going to these, uh, this crystal library and they were taking this revelation from these scrolls and they were bringing it to people in the earth.
So there was all these weird things that we would see and we're like, what is this? And then the Holy Spirit would speak and say, this is what it is. And it would be multiple people that were in these fire pit prayer sessions with us that would encounter this. Not everyone would see it, but a lot of times multiple people would be describing the same thing. And then they say, hey, I see that right now too. And this is what I also see. So it, it the, the the dark realms are interconnected because Jesus does a lot of healing and then he establishes mm. us into heavenly realms until every part of us is no longer bound in chains by the kingdom of darkness and then is now mm-hmm. continually with God seated in heavenly places, right? Because we are, once you Amen. are born again, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And so um, as that healing journey happened with me, I just continually found myself in the throne room or in different, um, the holy mountain, which is a facet that's actually connected to the father. And so there's all these different areas, the rivers of living water, which they, again, they kind of look like this more beautiful though, but you can imagine the colors, the beauty and the rivers of living water. They do look like crystals and, and diamonds, and they actually proceed directly out of the father. The way that I will usually see it is I'll see it. It comes out of the the, the side of the throne, the right side of okay. the Father's throne, but um, it actually comes out of the Father. And it's also inter- in, uh, interconnected with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But when you actually see in the Spirit, it's actually connected. And here's an interesting okay. thing as well. We are like trees planted by rivers of living water in the Spirit. Amen. So literally... There's times where me and Jesus have gone and we've actually planted seeds by the banks of the river. And again, this river is connected to the sea of glass and to all these various realms, including internal realms of your soul, the the secret garden in your heart. Wow. And when you plant the seeds with Jesus, you'll come back and you'll see that the tree is now grown into like a beautiful, um, a beautiful, like massive tree, and it actually will produce fruit. One of the times when wow. um, Jesus brought me back to see one of my trees is it was, it had like, you know, cinnamon hearts, but they were big. They were like the size of like, um, about like a, 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 a baseball, but it looked okay. like a cinnamon heart. And that was the fruit that it was producing. Now, this is what we see in the spirit, but what the, 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 the natural realm, the manifestation of that is the fruits of the Holy spirit where instead of God, give me, give me, give me, and other people Mm -hmm. pour into me, you then Mm -hmm. begin to pour out into other people's life through overflow. And so as you grow in the spirit, your spirit man or your spirit woman, right? You mature, but you mature through then it's not what you can get, but it's what can I do for you, God, and for others? And so that's kind of that, that journey of seeing all these visions and, and whatever. Yeah, that's cool. Yes. But the outworking of that in the natural is actually impacting others for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Jeff, I think what you're saying is just so uh, beautiful and amazing and very scenic. And I would say a lot of believers, if they receive an imagination in their mind's eye, for example, mm-hmm. and they, they, they close their eyes and they, they think of the Lord or, or if they just pause and, and after they pray or, or during their prayer, and then just, just close their eyes and think of whatever the Lord is depositing into their mind in terms of a, a scene or, or right. for example, I know that you see things in a very, uh, 
like a physical, tangible, almost corporeal level. And I think most Christians, unfortunately, uh, if we do happen to sense that or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times our, our logical uh, or mind is like, oh, that that can't be real or whatever. So so should we as Christians pay close attention to the uh, the images and the impressions mm-hmm. that we get from the Holy Spirit and even jot those down or, or put in our cell phone or, or make a journal of, of the dreams yeah. and visions that, that he's mm-hmm. given us. Yeah. So here's what I used to think. I used to think Good question. Yeah. what you see in your imagination is made up, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of like what we're taught mm-hmm. in this natural realm. But in fact, the the facet of the imagination, it is what I refer to as the canvas that reflects what we see in the spirit or interpret in the spirit, okay? And basically, it's translated into our mind, into our heart, right? And it's again, it's interconnected with the body, soul, and the spirit, okay? It traverses yeah. all of those areas of our being, of our tripart being. And what happens is, if your imagination, your heart, your mind is not sanctified and re- continually renewed by the wording, reading of the scripture, of, of meditating on God's you know, law, his word, and the nature of, of who God is, then what happens is you will have perverted images. And then you will start seeing demonic things. You will start yes. thinking perverted thoughts of, of lust, of all these kind of things. And so it's important that your uh, imagination is sanctified. But the imagination is a facet of our faith because out of your heart Amen. proceeds all of these things. And so by using that imagination, you can activate by faith different things such as God is going to provide. God is my healer. God is my protector. Whereas and if that is not sanctified and it needs to be cleansed, then you are going to think about all these uh, perverse thoughts. So, right. for example, one of the, the things that I, I, I teach people to do, uh, and part of the mandate that I have right now is, is Jesus is always like, tell your brothers and sisters that I want them to seek me face to face because the veil has been torn, right? When we talk about Beautiful. the veil, uh, I'll, I'll explain yes. a little bit afterward, actually, about the Garden of Eden and the veil and how that all is interconnected. But essentially, okay. that veil has been torn, and we have access to God to the father even in the heavenly realms. And so when our imagination wants to perceive the face of Jesus Christ, and that's typically what I'll tell people to do is um, frame a picture in your mind, which is maybe the face of Jesus of the way that you imagine him in a sense. And what you will see is as um, you focus, what you focus on in the spirit will expand and you'll get more clarity And so as you do so, you will begin to see the eye colors of Jesus. And so, for example, um, when I used to see Jesus, at first, I would see him with brown eyes. And then in different visions in the heavenly realms or wherever the secret garden, then I'll like, how come you have green eyes or blue eyes? So then I started to ask some of my ministry partners. I said, hey, when you see Jesus, what color eyes does he have? And they would say sometimes blue, sometimes green. So different people were giving me these different answers. And so I thought... Why is that? Am I making this up? Am I wrong? You know, or are they being uh, inauthentic or lying or something? No. And so what happened is I asked the Lord that. And then the next vision, the Lord appeared to me with, instead of the brown eyes this time, it was like either blue or green. But from there, 
his eyes began to change color because he has his glory eyes, right? Sometimes he'll look just the, his humanly form, but then he, he'll have his glory eyes, which look like lightning or fire or just blazing like uh, beams of light that come out of him. And so I was encountering all of this, the beauty of it. And then it began to change to like prism colors, like rainbow colored, every single color that you can imagine. And then Jesus says, the reason why my eyes are like kind of like different is because every color came out of me when I created the universe, the world, every uh, conceivable awesome. color came out of me. And so as a result, all of this is inside of me as well. And so the, the, these are what I call the facets of God. There's infinite facets and we will spend eternally, eternity knowing and, or getting to know the different levels and facets of God, of who he is, right? And the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's infinite things about them that we will get to learn about them, that it will be brand new for the first time. And so that was kind of, you know, how I eventually kind of, became to understand the imagination dynamics of the spirit or the spiritual mechanics. How do things work in the spirit? Because we will think, for example, that, you know, I don't know, let's say we will say like, okay, for example, here's one that will kind of blow your mind. So in scripture, um, you know, I, I was reading, I would do my daily devotionals uh, and I was brought up into a vision and the Lord um, at one point in the vision, we're walking on a, the beautiful beach by the crystal sea of glass and it's like a painting. It's just beautiful. Uh, peaches, uh, blues, all sorts of beautiful colors. So we're walking and the Lord will just, a lot of times he'll just hold my hand and we don't talk. Uh, now, when I also say talk, what I mean is he's not moving his mouth. Usually it's, I know, and I can understand and feel his emotions. So that's the way when I say talk, it's just an expression, but yeah. he will communicate with me in, in the spirit. It's different. And so we were just walking and his arm was around me. And then at one point I looked at him. He's about six foot in height, probably a little bit taller, a little bit taller than six foot. But sometimes I can appear smaller, like a little child. And sometimes I can just appear like five, seven, my normal human body. And so he is walking. And then I look at his arm at one point. And then I'm like, it's no longer an arm. It's a beautiful wing, like a beautiful, like eagle that's covering. It's like over me. And I'm like, this is weird. And so the Holy Spirit after that, and I actually I had at this point, I had seen his wings before. And the first time I saw his wings, he first, um, his wings came out of his back. Now, remember, he's not, God is, Jesus is not an angel, but there are facets of who he is that scripture reveals about him, right? It talks about right. his, we will right. be under the shadow of his wings. Yes. How he is like a hen that wants to gather his chicks under his wings to protect them, right? So there's all of this scripture right. that talks about his wings. And we think that, hey, that's just po po poetry. But uh, in fact, it's not just poetry. There's multiple layers in the spirit that are both equally true in the natural, but also in the spiritual. And so this is one of those facets mm -hmm. where the spiritual dynamics actually, um, there's truth to it on multiple layers. And so right. the wings of God, <laughs> and you know what he said to me? He said, each time I would question him when I was seeing this, I said, um, that's not possible. That, that, that can't be possible. And he said, your understanding of me is limited and outdated. And this happened about three or four times. 
he would turn into a golden being and I would see him wow. in his, in a portion of his glorified form, one of his glorified forms. And then I said, Amazing. that's not possible. And then you would say your understanding uh, of me is limited and outdated. And then, you know, I would see another layer of him. And so um, now I've kind of learned is like, there's nothing too crazy that the Lord won't kind of teach you in. Uh, here's the thing right. is uh, I have let go of those preconceived religious constructs and a religious uh, church traditional walls of what, you know, people believe dogmatically, even though the scripture actually doesn't say anything about it. And I will believe what the Holy Spirit wants to tutor me and teach me. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's the Holy Spirit teaching me, not necessarily them. They might have a different path where the Holy Spirit wants to teach them at a different pace or at a different level. And that's up to the, to God to do. I, I'm not here to convince them, but what I will say is that there's facets of God that are, will blow your mind and you will find it in scripture. A lot of times the Holy spirit will show it to you in layers Amen. or after Amen. the, whatever it is you encounter. So. Well, the Bible has the the lamb that is slain and just some of the wildest encounters with mm -hmm. angels. Now, one of the things that I noticed that you, you're you pretty gutsy, brother, to talk about. Um, now, I know people that have encountered wisdom, Paula Mangucci, Ian Clayton. Obviously, the Bible says wisdom is is a woman, mm -hmm. but you've wisdom. also encountered some other angelic beings and, and made YouTube shorts about them like Patience. And even yeah. use like AI art to kind of describe. I mean, that is yeah. so, I hope more Christians will do that. Just a lot of French Christians are like AI bad, yucky, evil technology. And it's true in a way, but yeah. I mean, what if we were to use this technology like you have to kind of convey some of these visions for mm -hmm. people? Um, I, I just think you're really cutting edge and I'm really excited to, to continue to follow your work and, and read your book and, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, uh, don't forget, we've got Mr. Jeff Leo's book just came out today. And uh, do you want to plug that really like before you answer yeah. that question? It's like this because that's really exciting. Throne Dude. of Grace, nice. Yes, Throne wow. of Grace by Beautiful. Jeff Leo. Yeah, you it can is. See the wings. Well, it's hard to see, but the wings were in the back there. Yeah, I can see them. So okay. he was probably like the first angel, or I mean. My, my three of my angels out of the four that are currently assigned to me, but Mikhail is my guardian angel, so he's always with me. But there is Hopi, Healing, and Jasper, who is a fire angel that will also accompany me, excuse me, in more ministry type of work. But Mikhail was the first kind of angel where I had perceived his presence in one of our fire prayer sessions. Uh, and so he is, he's a, a very beautiful angel. Uh, his armor is beautiful gold. When I first met him, he had a, only a single sword, a golden sword with a red ruby on it. But later on, cool. as I would actually ask the Lord to upgrade their armor, upgrade their weapons, give them new technology, new weaponry for their service to the kingdom of God, then he uh, had eventually additional swords and other different types of weapons. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's very interesting. <laughs> um, the the things in the spirit, you'd kind of be like, okay, that's kind of weird. <laughs> but uh, what I can say is always, um, yeah, 
Yeah, is, you know, there's all of these different spirits. They're not angels, some of them. Some of them are yeah. referred to as living creatures, uh, right? The cherubim, multi-headed uh, face of a man, eagle, ox, and a lion. Uh, you have the seraphim who, when I first would see them, uh, I thought they were dragons because they were in the glory cloud, the dark cloud that mm -hmm. actually surrounds the father's throne sometimes. And they were mm -hmm. in that cloud. And when I would see them, there was just a, a fire and uh, multiple wings, but you can't, you can't, I couldn't see their whole appearance uh, until okay. one time one of them landed beside me in the throne room. Uh, and so then that's when, like the first time I like had seen their form, but uh, there are different types of living creatures that will appear as uh, Ophanum or throne angels. They can appear as chariots, but they can also appear oh. as what I call like the wheels within the wheels. And I've seen them where they do have the eyes, but I've also seen them where they look like halos of, of fire that are moving in mm -hmm. gyroscopic uh, movements. Uh, and so wow. they just look like wheels of fire. And um, they're spinning and they can traverse different dimensions. Now, of course, other angels Ugh. and living creatures can do that. But the throne angels, the Ophanum, uh, I believe from what the Lord has shown me and taught me and when we've ridden on them is that they can traverse many, many, many different dimensions in a, a, a more quicker way. Um, so, hmm. yeah, a lot of different types of spirits. That's amazing. Jeff, I, I want to just say how honored and blessed and privileged we are to have you on board because this we have been trying to get uh, a spirit-filled, a Holy Spirit-filled Asian Christian on board like yourself. And you are so unique, brother, because you're not only just an Asian Christian, but you are a, a Holy Spirit-filled Pentecostal Asian Christian, and that is so uncommon. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Jeff, during your visions from the Lord, have you ever seen an Oriental or Asian angel of any kind? Uh, I have seen uh, an Oriental uh, type of angel. Um, I've also seen uh, like a African looking one. Uh, in fact, cool. his name was Ayuba, this particular one. Uh, and it was on um, a treehouse balcony in the spirit that five of these angels came one of them was jasper who ended up being assigned to me for uh, strategic warfare but one of them ayuba he had a big smile from side to side very joyful and he was an angel of um creativity and worship through like the arts and he wore wow. a, almost like an african type of like garment multicolored a lot of different uh uh, colors um and that was an african one but i have seen one age asian uh, kind of a spirit or angel um, from like a distance, like, or passing, not, I, I didn't interact with him, but yeah, but a lot of, a lot of people have different uh, types of nationalities. Um, and so here's the thing guys is God is super creative and diverse. And so the things that we see in the earthly realm is actually a shadow of that in the spirit. Right. And so we have males and right. females. Well, guess what? There are feminine spirits right? There are feminine angels. Yes, There's I not agree. as many, maybe from when, what I've seen at least, but there are feminine spirits, right? Like lady patience, right? Or the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Both of them right. are female or feminine in nature. And they are two of the seven spirits of God. They're actually twins. They were birthed uh, before the foundations of the world were created, but they basically are twins. Like they actually kind of look similar. Um, and so lady understanding, she has more of a uh, blue garments, 
uh, and her hair actually looks like a river of beautiful blues that actually flow. Her eyes are like looking uh, it's just so beautiful that her eyes, beautiful blues. Now, Lady Wisdom, a uh, spirit of uh, wisdom, she has more purple lavender uh, type of garments mixed with like, again, it's regal armor that's kind of like regal and like gold. Like it's not like for fighting in a sense. Um, they do have wings, but they're not spirits. And you can sense there's a different authority that they bring uh, with them. And then, of course, the other seven spirits of God um, are, first of all, the spirit of the Lord is the actually the Holy Spirit, who is the captain of the rest of the six. And the other yes. groups of the twos, right? They're groups in twos. They're basically kind of like twins, right? Uh, so okay. again, you have the spirit of the Lord, spirit of wisdom and understanding, spirit of counsel and might and spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Uh, and it, I didn't meet three of the other spirits um, until like maybe like almost a year later from my initial encounter with the spirit of wisdom. So, okay. yeah. wow, that's a lot. I mean, people might be like swimming in all this. I just want to say this is a, obviously Jeff's been through this journey and he's inviting you to also begin your journey. And, you know, if you see things that are a little different, whatever, I mean, it, we're all seeing through a glass darkly and one of the reasons you want to get out of watching evil images on the screens, perverted, gross movie, all that stuff, video games, you want to start to have a clean channel to be able to perceive heaven and not be influenced by the world. So I'm just saying amen and thumbs up to everything Jeff's saying here. You guys <laughs> need to go buy his book. This is really Man, cool. I though. have. And, and where can they follow you as well? I'm kind of, I'm as you're talking, I'm pulling up your Facebook yeah. Um, obviously the book itself, yeah. but I mean, um, I, I am on Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm mo most active on Facebook, uh, just because okay. of the platform, it's more diverse, but, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I do post still on Instagram, uh, as well as, um, TikTok and, uh, I think there, and then basically YouTube, but, uh, it depends for YouTube. It's usually depending on the season, like the Lord has had me working on my book and just at rest and stuff. Um, and so I haven't done as many Facebook lives or like, um, video lives or, or zoom teachings. Um, but often if, when I do them, I'll typically also upload it on my YouTube. Okay. Awesome. So I, I noticed you're using those YouTube shorts, which we also need to yeah. Yeah. dive into more. Very good. And I just hope we can help spread your message. And as the strange o'clock podcast goes forward as well, like we want to bring this into the factor. I, we've had a lot of people with like scary testimonies and deliverance, just mostly focusing on the evil side. So it's very refreshing to actually, yeah. this is maybe my first time talking to somebody who's actually like more focused on heaven than the demons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never it's figured out why evolution that's like for taboo. Me too. Yeah. I mean, it's been an okay. evolution from a lot of the dark stuff and teaching on that and training very deep level deliverance. Um, awesome. And then eventually as the Lord kind of led me, um, to eventually share about some of these vision encounters, because one of the, the core things that Jesus has and continues to tell me is tell them that I want to in, in I want people to seek me face to face. That's one of the biggest things. Yes. And remember, Moses yeah. and 70 elders saw saw God on the mountain. And on top of that, many others encountered God face to face. Right. In theophany, right. the the messenger of the Lord, which was actually Jesus before he took on flesh. Uh, it has to be preceded by the, and then messenger, or in the English, it says angel. But again, 
Jesus is not an angel as we understand it in the English context. He was, again, a messenger. He was actually in heaven. He's the word. That's one of his titles. He was actually the word. But he wants those to actually encounter him on deeper levels is because he knows that it will change your life. It will absolutely change your life. It'll change your walk when you know Jesus and even the Father face to face. And so that's been my current mandate and my mission is to um, share that because I know that people um, will be forever changed when they encounter him in that way. And everyone can. It's your actual, your inheritance. When Jesus died on the cross and he broke, he tore that veil, he tore that veil. And we can now come boldly into the inner sanctuary where the father is. So, Amen. That's awesome. Jeff. How can a person receive Jesus in their hearts? How can a person be born again? Is it something that they can they can yeah. just call upon Jesus for all who call upon the name of the Lord Absolutely. will be saved? Uh, can can a person just call on Jesus and be saved? Uh, and then the second part of my question is, uh, it doesn't stop at that point, mm -hmm. uh, but what can a person do to grow from that point? So it's a two-part question. Yeah. So here's the way that I look at it is, in my book, I had this, one of the chapters is actually on, the just judge and God is a just judge. The father has a perfect uh, law, right? That was essentially, you know, it, it's so perfect that guess what? None of us can actually live up to it. The 10 commandments, none of us can live up to it. And so what happens is we all have stolen. We all have lied, cheated, lusted after others. And so we're all guilty. And so guess what? There's nothing that we can do in our own right and power to save ourselves because if you go before a judge and you say hey judge i stole i did this but guess what i gave money to the poor right and god thinks of it very seriously your sin is very serious but what happens is actually jesus paid that debt on the cross and so jesus steps in and says Amen. hey look i paid for your debt i was the perfect sacrifice and i paid your debt now, the only way that you can be set free from the judgment of God, which is, again, it's eternal separation in hell, is by receiving the free gift of salvation that comes directly through Jesus Christ, only by Jesus Christ, okay? The only name that has been given under heaven that which we must be saved under. And so when you repent of your sins, that means turn away from your sins and you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you ask him to come into your heart, right? He washes you clean, your sins clean. But he knows you're going to sin again because you're not perfect. And if you were perfect, then you wouldn't need Christ. You wouldn't need God. But so as we sin, we get back up, we ask for forgiveness, we repent, we turn away, and we're heading in the right direction, right? So we're heading away from sin and we're now walking on a journey of sanctification where God begins to permeate every area of our life to sanctify some of those thoughts, some of the attitudes that we have, maybe even some of the people we love, it can be, they can be difficult, our spouse, our children. Yeah. Right. And so as we grow in that area, God wants to perfect us, perfect us in his image. And so that's your body, soul, spirit, your mind with all your strength, your heart, every aspect of who you are. And so everyone can be saved, right? 
It takes humility, just like for me, it took humility. But for all of the evil that he did, there's really in the natural realm, we think of two of the worst kind of people are child molesters and wife beaters. I was a wife beater. I beat my wife. I, I would pull her hair. I would slap her. I did horrible things to her. But Jesus forgave me of all of that. And Jeannie eventually Amen. forgave me as well. We reconciled and we have a wonderful marriage today. And we've helped so many other marriages that have been struggling. But the point is, is that through Jesus, yes, you can receive forgiveness. You can receive salvation. And I tell you, the things that God has for us, he's prepared for us in the heavenly realms. I've probably only talked about 5% of the heavenly things on this call. But I tell you, the things that he has prepared for us in heavenly realms, you don't want to miss it for anything. You don't want to miss it. That's awesome. Jeff, so how can people purchase your book? Um, so they can purchase it on Amazon. Basically, it's available in all uh, markets uh, on Amazon. Uh, and so just search up Throne of Grace, Jeffrey Liu, and I'll f you'll find it there. Or you can go on uh, Facebook. You'll find my links are also on there as well. I've actually purchased it. It's not the physical book, but it's a Kindle Unlimited download. Mm -hmm. And it's it's an amazing book. I actually started listening to it, even yeah. though you didn't record your voice reading mm -hmm. it or narrating it. Uh, Amazon Alexa app will read it for me in the Alexa robotic female voice. But nonetheless, a, a lot of people, uh, especially who are watching this, you know, they're more into listening to stuff mm -hmm. versus visually reading it sometimes because they're super busy yeah. or they've got kids or long drives or whatever, and like, commutes. Right. In my case, I work all day in such that I can listen to podcasts all day. So I'm like, how do I read his book, but yet work at the same time? Because I can't read yeah. his book after work necessarily because I've got too much going on. Uh -huh. So I, I just, I've downloaded the Amazon Alexa app and then I downloaded your book um, on Amazon Kindle. And then I had Alexa read your book basically. So I'm about, I think, a quarter of the way through it and awesome. it, it's yeah. a wonderful awesome book and mm -hmm. i just give you a, a major kudos uh and a thumbs up of like two, four thumbs up for the both of us be, <laughs> because re yeah. uh, publishing a book Amen. is a daunting thing and i'm, I'm mm -hmm. actually going through that process right now we'll talk yeah. about that later but awesome awesome michael did you have any last questions i got my kindle locked and loaded Awesome. And I appreciate your humility, brother. You really have some astounding, really, you really make the mystic Christians look cool. <laughs> You're like the best of us. The seer anointing, uh, the things that you published about the bride. I'm on your Instagram. Uh, people need to follow you everywhere. Uh, Leo, L-I-U. Yeah. Jeffrey Liu. Life. Like, yeah. Jeffrey Leo. Yeah. Jeffrey yeah. Liu. And, um, and again, don't forget to go to Amazon and buy the Amazon book, uh, throne of grace, visions of God. I'm going to be getting that. I found out that if I read my Kindle with a, one of those illegal, you know, incandescent light bulbs, it's really nice, really good feeling, oh. <laughs> but you can also get the paperback as well. So yeah. And Kindle, the, the paperback um, is nice. Cause I've done a lot of artwork on the chapters yes. and then there's a gallery toward the end. Uh, I think oh, on cool. Kindle, you might be able to see some of the images, but not all of the artwork. So I love you're I really trend setting for us, like how you're incorporating artwork into this. And it's going to, it's going to encourage a lot of other people, including myself to start publishing dreams, visions and, mm -hmm. and the like. 
So keep it up, brother. And I, I really want to um, befriend you and see where the Lord takes you. It's really yeah. exciting. For sure. Yes, yeah. the artwork is beautiful. And it's amazing how uh, the Lord could use AI artwork for his glory. I know that, yeah. like you said, that a lot of Christians will poo-poo AI artwork and saying it's a demon or what have you. But really, truly, we could use AI to help us with artwork. Mm -hmm. uh, to, I know that you've used it for your book, and I think mm -hmm. the, the Kindle version has, I think, the the front page or the the cover of it the uh but I, the title page right but i haven't seen the artwork in inside the book but i know that you had uh, sent me yeah. the uh, other document with the awesome artwork in it so yeah it's about yes. there's 12 chapters that have on the chapter page of those chap the, the title image there's a very nice artwork um and there there's actually like over a hundred sub chapters <laughs> throughout those 12 chapters but um the at the end of the book there's a gallery where i have about six or seven images of various angels spirits and heavenly realms um so i think i'm very visual um so i i knew i, I had to include those yeah cool. that's awesome well thank you so much jeff for your time yeah, today and again folks uh, go to amazon check out his book and also you can find him on Facebook as well under uh, Jeff Liu. And then on YouTube, it's the uh, Luxurious Life by Jeff Liu, uh, but it's spelled L-I-U-X-U-R-I-O-U-S Life. And I'm also a subscriber there. And uh, he is a wealth of knowledge and he's got awesome and beautiful, wonderful visions of the Lord that really encourage and edify you. So we're, we're so gl blessed, glad and thankful to have you on board, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for watching the Strange O'Clock podcast with Jerry and thank you, Michael here. Thank you. And our new friend, Jeff Liu. Yeah, yeah. And this will be part one yes. of hopefully part two and three. Oh, sure. And we'd love to have you back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. It'll be lovely. You. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Awesome. God bless. Thanks, guys. God bless. bless. Bye.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.